Welcome everyone to First Baptist Church of Shakota's audio sermon. My name is Jeff Holt. I'm the student pastor here. First of all, welcome to November. It means a couple of different things have come to a close in our church, and one of those is Operation Christmas Child. For the past 10 months, we've been taking donations to help out with Operation Christmas Child. This is an organization that is ran by Franklin Graham Samaritan's Purse. We take these donations specifically just for children, fill up the shoebox, and then we send them to Samaritan's Purse and they can take them to the children all around the world. Each year we have a big contest between the OU and OSU fans, and this year the OU fans brought the most donations. The final score for that was 630 to 558. This Sunday is our shoebox packing party with all of those donations going inside the boxes. That begins at 4 p.m. and we will leave when the last box is all filled up and it's on the trailer ready to go. It's a great time of fellowship and serving others. If you're a member of our church and you want to come and help out, please come and join us at 4 p.m. That's going to be in the fellowship hall. Hey, just to give you a heads up, at the time of this recording, daylight savings time has ended, if you're not aware of that already. You are 23 days away from Thanksgiving. You are 50 days away from Christmas. I just hope that you're getting your holiday shopping done early this year so you don't have to worry about it sneaking up on you. Is a time of being thankful, and for this, I am thankful for each of you who listen to us on the many platforms that we have available for you to listen. I would love for you to join us on Sunday mornings, however. We start at 9.45 for our Sunday school time. We have a worship time at 10.55. This past Sunday, Pastor Steve continued in his series of kindness. This week, we talk about community. He is going to be in Colossians in chapter 3, starting in verse 12 through 17. So how do we conduct ourselves as Christians in an age of rage when everyone around us is just mad? I mean, when, 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 I mean, uh, you see it on TV, you see senseless violence on TV, and uh, most violence is all senseless, but I mean, you know what I'm talking, we live in an age of rage, and so what we need is love, more love. Well, we've been talking about how to do it as believers, but how do we do it as community? As a body of believers, how do we as community, how do we survive in an age of rage? What are we as community to look like? So grab your Bibles, go to Colossians chapter 3, verse 8. We'll start there. It says, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other. Since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy, dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievance you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since the members of one body you are called to peace and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing praise, excuse me, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude of your hearts to God. Whatever you do, whether word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So what are we to do? We as community, we as a body of believers, we're to look like 
Christ. Look at verse 12. Therefore is God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. We are to be holy. We are to be set apart. The word holy, the root word of that, we get the word holiday. And a holiday, you know, is set apart. A day that we celebrate, be it Veterans Day, be it Thanksgiving, be it Christmas, whatever it is. It's a day set apart. And you and I as community, as a body of believers, we are set apart. But I love how this passage writes this. It says, holy and dearly loved. Do you realize that you are so deeply loved? Clothe yourselves with compassion. With kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. As a body of believers, we are to clothe ourselves with these. These are new characteristics for Christians. This is what we are to put on. We are set apart. This is written, this passage of Scripture by Paul is written to a group of people who are in community together, and the, the thing that brings them in community together is Jesus Christ. We are in community together as a body of believers because of like faith in who Jesus Christ is. Look at this passage of Scripture. 1 John 2, 6 says, Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. We are to live our lives as Jesus did. As community, we are to look like Christ. We are to treat people like Christ would treat them. Remember the old bracelets, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Listen, that's a very valid question. Now, I kind of got tired of that. It wore me out, all the bracelets and t-shirts and all of that. I mean, Hayden and I both, we kind of get worn out by that kind of stuff sometimes, but it's a very valid question. What would Jesus do? How would Jesus treat them? What would he do? Listen, you're going to encounter people this week who are angry. You're going to encounter people who get mad at you for no reason. You've done nothing. You're just in the right place at the wrong time, and they just want to be mad. And you stand there, and sometimes you catch that. Sometimes it could be your boss, a supervisor. It could be someone in your family. It could be a child who's had a really bad day. It could be a spouse who comes home from work and had a really bad day. Sometimes you just catch that. What we are to do, how are we to treat them? Remember, we don't ask this question, what's wrong with you? We ask the question, what? What happened to you? You know, what made you so mad? What happened in your life that caused you to be this way? We need to ask ourselves those questions. So as community, as a body of believers, we are to look like Christ. Listen, if you're a mean Christian, and trust me, there are some. I've met them. You've met them. Let me just do a quick poll, okay? If you've been hurt by another Christian, hurt your feelings, make you mad, done you wrong, just slip your hand up. There are hands all over this room. In the words of the theologian Taylor Swift, why are we so mean? (laughs) If you're mean, you're not being shaped by Christ. You're being shaped by something else. Somebody else. So, So as a body of believers, we are to look like Christ. Now let me throw an old King James word to you. We are to forbear. We don't use that word a lot, do we? You ever say that word? Forbear. You know what it means. We are to forbear and to forgive. Say forbear with me. Ready? Forbear. Say it again. Forbear. Yes, we are to forbear each other. What does that mean? What does it mean to forbear? Well, your King James says that. It means to have patience, self-controlled, restraint, tolerance, you ever look at your kids and go, I'm just forbearing you right now, right? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're about to, you know, 
I brought you in the world, I can take you out. I know hundreds of you have probably said that, but sometimes we, but as, 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 as believers, we are to, in community together, we are to forbear and to forgive each other. Listen to verse 13, bear with each other, forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now remember, we are to what? Look like Christ. We are to act like Christ. And so the Bible says here in verse 13, listen, if someone, if you're forbearing someone, you need to forgive them, okay? Forgiveness is a very difficult thing for us to do, amen? That was very weak, but for the three of you who amen me, we all agree with you, yes, forgiveness is hard to do. It's hard to say, I'm sorry sometimes, right men? Yes, I'll amen for you. It's hard sometimes for us to do that. Ladies, you too, I'm sure, but it's hard sometimes. But the Bible says we are to forgive what? As Christ forgave you. So if Jesus Christ can forgive you, then what we are to do is forgive other people. Now, some people say, well, you need to forgive and forget. I've never read that in Scripture. But what I do find in Scripture is I am to forgive and grow in wisdom. Some people have offended me along the way. Some people have hurt me along the way. Some people have mistreated me along the way. Some people have mistreated my family along the way. I forgive them. We just may not go have lunch next Thursday. I'm going to remove myself from a situation that may cause me to, to, to really not act and look like Jesus Christ. I'm not going to hold a grudge against them because that's not going to hurt them. It's only going to hurt me. It's going to slow me down. It's going to hinder my walk with God. It's not going to affect them at all. So I forgive you for the person turning into church today didn't use your blinker. Okay, I forgive you. I forbeared you as I'm like, I could have turned already, but I was waiting on you and you didn't use your blinker. You know what I'm talking about. Who? I'm just making that up. But I'm just saying, listen, we need to forgive as Jesus forgave us. We have to do it. As a body of believers, listen, read with me Ephesians 4.32. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. It almost mirrors the verse in Colossians 3.13. Be kind to one another. We are to be kind to each other in this room, in this body of believers, in this community. Not Shakota, but community of believers. Shakota First Baptist Church, we are to be kind to each other. We are to be tender-hearted. It's easy to be tender-hearted to the nice people. It's hard sometimes when it's someone that kind of rubs you the wrong way, Hayden Dennis. I mean, you know, it's hard. Forgiving one another, it's hard. But if we're going to live in an age of rage, we are set apart, right? We are set apart because we're holy. So we're set apart as a community of believers. In that being set apart, we are to look different, act different. We're to talk differently. We're to treat each other differently. And how we treat them is tenderheartedly forgiving one another as Christ, as God in Christ forgave you. That's how we are to look as a body of believers. Listen to 1 Thessalonians 5 and 11. Read it with me. So encourage each other, build each other up, just as you are already doing. We are to encourage each other. We're to build each other up. That's what we're to do. Now, look at these... Look at these um, uh, qualities that we're to put on. We're to put on compassion, kindness, 
humility, gentleness, patience. Think about patience for a moment. Sometimes we're the most impatient people in the world. I was impatient a little bit this morning. I mean, it was nothing major, but you go in McDonald's, right? And they have two lanes, you know, and you're trying to see the car in front of you, which lane they're going to take, because I want to get around them and get, I want to get my order in before them, because they could be ordering a hundred, you know, biscuits for all I know, and it's going to take me, it's going to take longer, you know, so you kind of wait, and sometimes we are the most impatient people in the world. I want to show you a video. And as far as I know, this is an actual event. The New York City cab driver. And he was patient. And it affected the life of a sweet little old lady. Will you watch this video with me? A New York City taxi driver wrote, I arrived at the address and honked the horn. After waiting a few minutes, I honked again. Since this was going to be my last ride of my shift, I thought about just driving away. But instead, I put the car in park and walked up to the door and knocked. Just a minute, answered a frail elderly voice. I could hear something being dragged across the floor. After a long pause, the door opened. A small woman in her 90s stood before me. She was wearing a print dress and a pillbox hat with a veal pinned on it, like somebody out of a 1940s movie. By her side was a small nylon suitcase. The apartment looked as if no one had lived in it for years. All the furniture was covered with sheets. There were no clocks on the walls, no knickknacks or utensils on the counters. In the corner was a cardboard box filled with photos and glassware. Would you carry my bag out to the car, she said. I took the suitcase to the cab, then returned to assist the woman. She took my arm and we walked slowly toward the curb. She kept thanking me for my kindness. It's nothing, I told her. I just try to treat my passengers the way I would want my mother to be treated. Oh, you're such a good boy, she said. When we got in the cab, she gave me an address and then asked, Could you drive through downtown? It's not the shortest way, I answered quickly. Oh, I don't mind, she said. I'm in no hurry. I'm on my way to a hospice. I looked in the rearview mirror. Her eyes were glistening. I don't have any family left, she continued in a soft voice. The doctor says I don't have very long. I quietly reached over and shut off the meter. What route would you like me to take? I asked. For the next two hours, we drove through the city. She showed me the building where she had once worked as an elevator operator. We drove through the neighborhood where she and her husband had lived when they were newlyweds. She had me pull up in front of a furniture warehouse that had once been a ballroom where she had gone dancing as a girl. Sometimes she'd ask me to slow in front of a particular building or corner and would sit staring into the darkness, saying nothing. As the first hint of sun was creasing the horizon, she suddenly said, I'm tired. Let's go now. 
we drove in silence to the address she had given me. It was a low building, like a small convalescent home, with a driveway that passed under a portico. Two orderlies came out to the cab as soon as we pulled up. They were solicitous and intent, watching her every move. They must have been expecting her. I opened the trunk and took the small suitcase to the door. The woman was already seated in a wheelchair. How much do I owe you? She asked, reaching into her purse. Nothing, I said. You have to make a living, she answered. There are other passengers, I responded. Almost without thinking, I bent and gave her a hug. She held on to me tightly. You gave an old woman a little moment of joy, she said. Thank you. I squeezed her hand and then walked into the dim morning light. Behind me, a door shut. It was the sound of the closing of a life. I didn't pick up any more passengers that shift. I drove aimlessly, lost in thought. For the rest of that day, I could hardly talk. What if that woman had gotten an angry driver, or one who was impatient to end his shift? What if I had refused to take the run, or had honked once, then driven away? On a quick review, I don't think I have done anything more important in my life. We're conditioned to think that our lives revolve around great moments, but great moments often catch us unaware beautifully wrapped in what others may consider a small one. So would you be patient this week? Will you just slow down enough to let God use you? Here's a New York City cab driver, and he was just patient enough to find a lady at the end of life. What an amazing evening they had. Encourage each other. Build each other up. Lead with love. Look at verse 14. And over all these virtues, put on love. Now, Paul's talking about, listen, putting things on. You know, here's some attitudes that we are to put on as a community of believers. We're to put these on. We're to look different. We're to act different. We're to be different, you know. Patience, humility, where these virtues were to put on. But then he says, in verse 14, what does he say? He says, and over all these things put on love. So he's talking about almost like putting on a garment. And remember, the garments were different than ours are today. It was more of a robe. I don't know if you get out of the shower uh, after, after uh, Debbie, uh, after we bathed Debbie and all. She, she, I'm being personal, sorry. Um, I give her a bath, you know, and, and, and I have a robe that I put on her because, I mean, she's chilled, she's cold, she's sitting there. But what do I do? I take that, that, that uh, uh, belt, right, and I wrap it around the robe and tie it. You know, to keep that robe kind of snug. That belt in this passage of Scripture is love. We're to put on these virtues, right? But we're to take the virtue of love, we're to take the quality of love like a belt, wrap it around it, and it ties everything together. Listen, if we're patient, if we're forbearing, if we're all that and we do not love, we're banging symbol. Paul says we're to put on love. Do you realize that you are to love each other? We're to love people who are differently than we are, look differently than we do. We're to love people who, who come from different backgrounds from us. We are to lead with love over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together. 
holding everything together. <clears throat> a loving church produces loving Christians to a counter cultural, angry society. A loving church produces loving Christians. Look what First John tells us. John 15, 12 says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Hebrews 10, 24 says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. We are to look for ways that we help motivate each other in acts of love. That's what we are to do as community. We are to love each other. We are to be kind to each other. We are to help each other, forbear each other. We're to be patient with each other. But when we do that in here, then we can change a community outside these walls and how we look, how we act, how we treat each other, how we love each other other well very quickly what are we to do we are to dwell in peace look at verse 15 let the peace of christ rule in your heart since as members of one body you were called to peace and to be what thankful we are to be thankful we are to live a life of peace that's hard to do sometimes isn't it <coughs> excuse me <coughs> it's hard to live a life of peace it's hard to live in in it's hard to live with peace in your heart when you feel like the world is falling apart when you put your trust sometimes in a political system when you put your trust in a governmental system sometimes it's hard to live at peace many of you are sitting here thinking in 2020 if my party doesn't win the election I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, this world's going to go upside, and we get so fearful in us because we get fearful because we think, listen, I'm putting, the reason we get fearful is because we're putting our trust in something other than Jesus Christ. Listen to what verse 15 tells us. Verse 15 says this, live, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. How do you do that? How do you let the peace of Christ rule in your heart? You do it very simply when verse 11, you understand that Christ is all. When you understand that Christ is all and is in all, look at 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. We seem to be so afraid of everything. We, we are afraid as Christians because we're living in a day that is changing. Our political system is changing. And if you put your faith in that, it's changing. So you become afraid. But the Bible says that God has not given you a spirit of fear but one of power and love. We are to love and have sound judgment. But not only that, new output requires new input. You go, Brother Steve, what are you talking about? Read verse 16 with me. Let the message of Christ dwell richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through songs and hymns and songs from, from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do all the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. We need to remember that Christ is all we need, and He is in all. God is in control of your health. God is in control of the political system. God is in control of everything that happens to us. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're going in, you need to remember that God has it. New output requires, if you want to be different, it requires a new input. That new input is an understanding that God is in control of whatever situation you face. Don't live afraid. Live knowing that you live as one who has power and you're to be one who loves. 
And when we do that, we have sound judgment to make decisions of things that we're going to face the next day and the week to come. Because you have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you. Christ is all and is in all. As a community, we are to look like Christ. As a community, we are to forbear and to forgive each other. As a community, we are to lead with love. And as a community, we are to dwell in peace. You can be at peace in in an age of rage, and you can be at peace in your life when everything seems to be upside down because you live with the understanding that God is in control and He's got it. Thank you again for listening to today's message. Join us again next week as Pastor Steve continues in his series on kindness. For more information and previous sermons, please check out our website at shakotafbc.com or you can download our church app by searching in your app store for church app-tithely, then searching for First Baptist Church of Shakota. Thank you again for listening and have a great day.